Blog Talk Radio. And uh, I love it when everything starts as scheduled. So let's see if we can get that started one more time. There we go. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, the weekly mortgage market update, providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin. So good to have you with us, everybody. It is Monday, September 12th. The reason we say that is because we have the, uh, the a lot of people listen to this on a downloaded basis, so we're really grateful to have you join in, whether you're live. We have to have a good number of people dialing in live, uh, mostly connected live via the Internet. But for those of you that are listening after the fact, we welcome you, too. It's good to have you with us. It's Monday again, September 12th. This broadcast or podcast, and this podcast was created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals primarily, although we got a large audience everywhere around, even around the world. I'll tell you about that here in just a minute. But we're the proud recipient of the Progress in the Lending Innovation Award. So good to have you with us, everybody. We appreciate you joining us and making this your way of staying on top of all that's going on. In today's Hot Topic segment, we will be talking to Keith Pulaski. I uh, caught up with Keith on Friday, unable to have him on live because of his schedule uh, today, but I pre-recorded an interview with Keith. Remember, we had him on, I believe it was March 28th, um, talking about the process re-engineering that he's doing in his shop, and it is very exciting stuff. And so he's giving us an update of some things and uh, some major things that they've got going on. One of the fastest-growing companies up in the Northeast, um, they caught the attention of the MBA, caught my attention. I met him last year at the... um, at the Motivity Conference. So very exciting to have Keith uh, back on the radio program. I'll be sharing his thoughts and updates, so be sure to stay tuned to the Hot Topic segment. Well, about, let's see, back in March, I caught up, in fact, I met Keith Pulaski a year ago at the Motivity Conference. They are a power user of the Motivity uh, Solutions and of, of their measuring KPIs, and Keith is really in analytics. Well, probably one of the most purposed mortgage bankers I know on in the industry. I mean, wants to know, like Andy says, where's my financials? This guy has them at, at, uh, with very early in the month. And one of the most diligent guys that I know at managing his business. So I met him at Motivity. Not surprising I'd find him there. And I had him on my radio program back then, way back then, caught a few glimmers and glimpses of the the wisdom that he has and how he's using technology so powerfully on the cutting edge, always there. And I, so I got to interview him again on in March of this year. And I want to find out how this project, this efficiency project that Alice and I launched in his office, uh, it is going. So we brought him on, and so with that, I want to share an interview that I recorded with Keith Pulaski this past Friday. So here you go. Keith, good to have you joining us again on the radio program. Very excited about your company, and just for those listeners that may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company again. Yeah, Dave, uh, a pleasure to be back. Enjoyed our last time on the show. Um, one of the founders of Radius Financial Group, an independent mortgage banker, 100% retail, located up uh, in the Boston market, serving the New England market primarily and some uh, some of our snowbirds in Florida. 
We've been in business uh, approaching uh, 18 years and uh, got about 100 plus employees in the company. Just received our Fannie Mae ticket and looking at it. Yeah, thank you. And uh, hopefully have our Freddie ticket before national and Ginny is in the works. So we're at that that point of. you know, maturing as an IMB and taking those next steps. And while you and your compadres are out here helping us do some process stuff, that's just part of a growing company that needs to be able to scale. So, you know, you can either sit where you're at and do things the way you did before, or sometimes you need to take action if you uh, have plans to continue growing your company. Well, you're a leader in your market. You're a leader in the industry. I mean, even David Stevens, you caught his attention. He flew in to take a look at what you're doing because what you are doing at – your company, Radius Financial Group, is not like anything I've seen at many other companies. And so I celebrate your leadership, and I celebrate what you're doing and your vision. A lot of companies. Well, your, talk- your, your, your words are kind. Your words are kind, David. Uh, and I'm humbled by it because uh, we're just trying to be smart mortgage bankers. And and uh, I think what we do as an industry, obviously, it's uh, been wildly affected by the regulatory environment, but. Uh, it's about blocking and tackling and doing and doing the right things at the right time and you know i think uh, those are that's why we have a successful recipe well you when we were together in your office you gave me a bill of check plaque now bill of check, i'm a clc hawk so you know there's a little adversary there but i have it in my office it said ignore the noise do your job and that's what we want to talk about we want to talk about how your people and how you're leading people to do their job there. You talked about a little bit a few moments ago. You said something about we want to be an intelligent company. Expand on that. What does being an intelligent company mean to Keith Pulaski? Well, I think it's making almost all of our business decisions and even our task decisions based on facts. That means you have to have technology in place that uh, measures the data that's uh, in the factory floor, right? So, our job is to loan manufacturing quality and build quality loans for sale into the secondary market. And uh, we have to make sure that we're doing all of the, the decisioning based on facts. So we're all about measuring uh, everything that happens in the company. And then you can only do that if you have a solid foundation of process. So you have to be both very process-driven and also data-dependent. And that's really how we wake up every morning and, uh, and how I think about What's going on in my business is that we 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 make sure that the decision we're doing is uh, based on the the data and the timelines that we've set from a key performance metric and and various things of that nature. But if you don't have if you don't have a, if you don't have a a solid defined communicated process that everybody works on regardless of what their department is, uh, it's very hard to keep the 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 train on the tracks. When you were making some of your opening comments, you talked about, uh, and you talked about this in your previous interview on uh, March 28, 2016, you talked about those that manage by their gut and then those that manage by a purpose or by a compass. Now, those, the compass part is my words, but you very much have that sense and you believe in putting a clear communication out to your staff of what is expected and how to go about it. But it's not a top-down management. Talk about your management philosophy as to how a company, how a mortgage company specifically, should be managed. Because I think it's exemplary, and I want others to hear about it. Well, as you witnessed when we when we went through the exercise with your firm of uh, of really 
looking under the hood and, and trying to uh, isolate choke points in our own mortgage manufacturing process, uh, we involved all the stakeholders. So if you were part of opening slash setup, then those people were in the room to give insight uh, to where they thought their job needed other resources or where we were forcing them to do tasks that they didn't think would were you know about so everything we look at is try to measure efficiency and velocity right mm -hmm. and we try to we try to get as, as as many loans as possible across you know a static factory floor that uh we, we involved all the stakeholders and then had them buy in you know they had to sign basically sign off on their both upstream and downstream customers and what their handoffs would look like and so that process took a lo took us a long time and it's still a it's still a work in progress. Uh, it's not, I, I don't know that we'll ever be done, to be quite honest with you, uh, but we still got much heavy lifting uh, ahead of us. Uh, obviously, when we talked in March, I don't know that every, everybody would have guessed where we are from a volume standpoint. So, you know, sometimes business gets in the way, but we're certainly a better a better manufacturer of loans today because of that process that we started last fall, and we still have a, a lot of work to do. Uh, but you, you have to you have to have buy-in from from those that are actually doing the task and 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 have managers direct that. But we really allowed our uh, allowed our employees and our processors and underwriters and closers and post closers to really refine and build out. Uh, the workflow and the processes, uh, as well as uh, determine uh, their key performance indicators, the KPIs, uh, where we uh, obviously vetted them from a management standpoint. But it's really hard to then ha allow an employee to backpedal from this. So they didn't have to hold them accountable to what everybody's agreed to. And um, it, it, it has worked out well for us, but uh, the, the project is not done. And we still got some more work. And as I said earlier, I think it, as this, this industry just keeps moving faster and faster, uh, that I don't know that the project will ever be done. It's sort of going to be in a continuous learning loop and, and, and trying to refine and get better every time. I think it's almost going to be an infinite cycle. It is. I, I think you're no question that this is something that never is done because what is our industry known for? We're going through change. I mean, this industry is going through a transformation. So uh, we are, we're, we're going to, it will never be done. It's one of those things you make a, a commitment to it. But one of the things that impressed me is how you went about it was the involvement. Now you talked about some of that in the earlier podcast. Let's talk about the results of involvement. Talk about it from a morale standpoint. You always have had your people, and by the way, I wish everyone in the industry could come and fly in and take a tour of your offices. It's like a high-tech environment. You have a fabulous kitchen at the heart and the center of your building. You literally have a multi-purpose room where people can do yoga. They can do uh, all the exercise. I mean, this room, we rolled the tables in the middle of the room, but they got rolled up, folded up, and then you have mats around there where people can do yoga. I mean, it's I'm really impressed, and that appeals to the millennials. And so there's a whole other genre with Dove conversation we could go down as to what you're doing and how you're doing it. But what I want to focus on is a morale that it, what it did to how as you watch people get invited to be involved. Tell me about that. Yeah. So prior to the process change, we started the whole metrics and measuring thing approximately two two and a half years ago, and it was a cultural shift. People don't like to be really held accountable um, and certainly then held accountable and sort of 
you know, stack ranking against their peers within a, in a different work group. So there was some culture shock as we tried to push this out. Uh, really took some um, some intestinal fortitude by management because it would have been easier just to abandon it when you have people that are unhappy. But as it finally got into the staff that this wasn't going away and that we really were serious about measuring everything, uh, they then um, adopted it and took ownership of it. And I actually believe now that the, the result is that they want to perform in, in the top part of their work group. They don't want to be, you know, the last rank. And uh, if they are the last rank, they at least want to be meeting the KPI set for the group. They don't want to be the one dragging down the average KPIs for the group. And they've, they've taken ownership. Now, obviously, as a growing company, we're bringing new people in, in the door. And when we bring new people in the door from the industry that have industry experience, especially, especially in the sort of skilled uh, work groups, processors, underwriters, closers, they're exposed to a little bit of culture shock as well because, we, you know, we, we sense and get that not many of my peers, you know, medium-sized independent mortgage bankers are doing some of the things that we're doing. Uh, I know that there are others out there um, yeah. that are, but I think uh, uh, that group that do do it the way that uh, we do it is is a smaller portion of the population of independent mortgage bankers than a larger portion. And um, yes. we get a little sticker shock when we do recruiting. So we've had to actually make full transparency in the recruiting process prior to hire and actually show the scorecarding and show the metrics so that we could get a sense whether these people could fit culturally into the organization. That's, yeah. Our friends at Motivity have a saying that what gets measured gets results. I think they borrowed it from someone else, but it's a great phrase. And what you do measure. And so a sense of being measured does have – it can be a bit intimidating to people. But the fact – what I saw when I was there, and I'd love to have you comment a bit on this, is the fact that they are, first of all, when they got over the shock that my opinion matters and that you're actually wanting my opinion – there was engagement, and at a level that I'm not sure people – it took a while for them to get used to. I mean, it's trust. I heard there's three T's when it comes to effective leaders. It starts with trust, truth, and then tact. And uh, I love those three T's. I saw it in an article and posted it on social media earlier this week. But when you look at building trust, they began to trust you. And I can't help but believe – well, I've heard from several of them since you and I were together in your office, and they've said they, it is excited, it's exciting to be asked my opinion on how to do things rather than just told how to do things. So give us some insights. Any, any particular stories that leap up out of what we did together and what you're still ongoing doing, doing on an ongoing basis? Yeah, I mean, I think what's happened is so the, the, you know, the, the, week, the week plus that we spent with your group, and I know you're out here twice. Yeah. During that time, uh, I think we laid the foundation for, you know, I think every company says, oh, we have an open door policy. Go ahead and go ahead. We have open door. You can say whatever you want to say. And, and while it may be in the employee manual that we foster an open door policy, I don't know that it actually happens in many organizations. And it probably didn't happen in my own organization for a long time. But when we included the staff, everybody at line level, in the process revamp, I think that was sort of an aha moment for our employees where it, it sort of just continued. And, and as, we, as we do other things, the, 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 the employees' willingness to raise their hand 
and say, hey, can you come speak to me because I think I can add value here, uh, has has helped transform the company. Um, we don't, you know, even when you go through a whole process remapping, um, you don't always get it right. Sometimes you feel pressed for time, and you may short short change it as as the day gets long. You know, especially in the in the skilled uh, positions that those were long sessions. Um, and uh, so we we really have seen uh, the willingness of of our employees to raise their hand and say, hey, you know what, we should have further thought about this, and what do you think about that? And and uh, we have made tweaks and other changes and have moved various various things in, into earlier or later in the factory uh, assembly line. We, we, we talk about factory all the time here. Everybody gets it, that they have a role in the assembly line and they have both upstream and downstream responsibilities, and we call them internal customers, and they, and they need to make sure that they're serving their internal customers. Obviously, all the while while still serving the external customer being, you know, ultimately the borrower. Ultimately, right, yeah. Let's talk about service levels. As a result of you doing this, have you noticed a substantial change in service levels for your company? Well, I think, um, so here's, here's what I would say. You know, with TRID coming on us in October and basically having to get your CDs out three days prior, it was like... Someone just waved a wand and said, you need to do your jobs that much faster when we were already all at capacity and really didn't have three days that could just be magically taken out. It's why it's one of the main reasons that we actually went through this process is to say, do we really have three days here that we can squeeze out of our existing processes or factories or by tweaking them and putting tighter controls on what we're doing? Or do we need to say to our sales staff, we need... X amount longer days in the sense of when we can close as a purchase producer and these types of things so we can realistically meet contract dates, et cetera. And um, so what has happened is is I believe that we found a way to squeeze maybe a day and a half um, out of the out of the previous workflow to pick up some of those that three day C D window. But we're obviously busy, David, right? Everybody's oh, yeah. busy, right? And so uh, we're meeting a bunch of our metrics, but we're pushing a lot of loans. I think we're more efficient. Um, so I don't know that we've moved the needle in the sense of uh, I've, I'm, I'm now doing it in 21 days versus 28 days, but I'm certainly moving more units across uh, the, the assembly line and the factory floor than we previously were. And um, for the most part, sales is happy. You know, obviously, sales always wish things were done faster. <laughs> my loan, my loan is more important than someone else's loan. All that stuff. This is my best realtor. Yada yada yada. Uh, but uh, you know, I think for the most part, we've got some good synergies between between sales and operations, and everybody is trying to live up to their we call it an SLP service service level promise. I think we stole that from you. I don't know whether we did or didn't. <laughs> um, You're but, using uh, it. That's the most important part. Yeah, we're using it, right? And so people talk about that. And, uh, and well, let's talk about that for a minute because I think that's a key part of it, and you really champion that. What we suggested, you champion it in your organization. And so talk about those service level promises and exchange. Run through that real quickly, and then I want to get into cost improvements. Uh, look at the time, how fast it goes. I just love talking to you, Keith. But run through that. What? Explain the SLPs. Yeah, so the SLP was, depending on where you, where you sit in the, in the assembly line, you know, call from a processor standpoint, because I think everybody can. I mean, 
we all manufacture loans. So right. whether we call them whatever, there's all these tasks that have to get done, right? So we'll start with most organizations have a processor, right? Some, right. some, some, some individuals have a processor. So if we talk about a processor, downstream for the processor would be the sales function, right? So they, have, they need to serve the LOs or loan officer assistants. And then upstream, the processor serves the underwriter, right? So that's where it goes to, right? So the processor sets the file up, gets it ready for underwriting, goes to underwriting. So what we've done is we, we have agreement uh, between both the upstream and downstream parties. So at the processor, the processor group would have negotiated with the sales group what they would do and what the sales group would do. So if the sales group said we would do A, B, C, and D, and that's what they actually delivered, then the processing group said if you give us A, B, C, and D, we will do X, Y, and Z in this time frame and under the in, – in, in, in this – circumstances, et cetera, et cetera. And then we just moved we just kept moving that whole process through the entire factory factory floor. So then processing had an upstream SLP to the underwriters that basically said, I will do A, B, and C for you and then underwriting yeah. had to ne- negotiate what they would do if in fact it came the way the processing came to it, right? Yeah. And so that those are really what we, we live to. And the other thing is is it also takes away, if those are clearly defined and clearly communicated, sort of the Bill Belichick, just do your job, yep. um, it takes away finger-pointing. Yes, that's the best right? part of this thing, so, because so, everyone so, is so, clear to communicate it. Yes, go ahead. So when the ball gets dropped, because it's going to get dropped, right? There's humans involved. Yes. Right? So <laughs> the ball's going to get dropped. I didn't see that email come in or whatever it is. There's no finger point. It, it it removes the finger pointing and it takes the way to, it takes the it it it's sort of uh, one of the one of the things that I'm sure everybody else has experienced. This is processors enable LOs, underwriters enable processors. Everybody tries yep. to cover everybody's back when a ball's dropped. <laughs> you don't have to do this anymore. You just say, listen, I did my job. I did the X Y Z that I said I was going to do. I met my service level promise. It, and, and it's not to skirt responsibility, but no. it's, to, it's just to hold everybody accountable in the For organization. To, yeah, to do their job. Do their job. As Belichick so well, I have that. I look at that constantly. Well, as you know, as you know, that's in every one of my managers' office at eye level as you leave the office. It's Bill Belichick pointing at them saying, ignore the noise, just do your job. And, and I, uh, That's exactly where I hang mine. I saw it in your office, and I remember because I was so impressed with that. Uh, and there, So let's talk briefly about cost improvements. Have you realized, I mean, costs have been going up in our industry. So, I mean, because of regulation, costs are going crazy. So have you been able to quantify any cost savings this, or at least been able to manage costs more effectively as a result of this process? I mean, I don't want to share any sort of specific metrics, yep. David, but I can tell you my margins have never been better. That's good. That's it. That, see, that's what it's all about. I mean, well, giving people you know, the home dream of home ownership, financing that for ultimate customer, but in the process of doing so, having happy employees, good morale, and then doing so with fatter margins, man, that's that's very very encouraging. Well, you, as you're aware, you know our trademark, uh, you know, uh, ad line is making mortgages better. And yeah. That's really what is concentric to everything we do. Did you make mortgages better today, right? What did you do to make mortgages better? You know, I think uh, we're being rewarded for our efforts by the consumers that we serve, but as also as a purchase producer, the realtor-builder-developer community, how how 
uh, well they speak of radius. We're, we're held in high regard that if you're, you know, a consumer coming into a realtor's office and saying, listen, I'm already working with radius, then uh, they usually just sort of say, okay, that's a great company and uh, you should be you should be well served. And, uh, you know, we're proud of that. And I obviously have a very strong origination team uh, who, you know, that these are career loan officers. They do a really good job because the fact of the matter, David, as you are aware, you you used to be an owner, uh, yep. is that uh, loan manufacturing quality starts at origination. And if, if the originators bring us good raw material, uh, the factory runs really much smoother <laughs> than uh, when we've got uh, poor origination. You're legendary in what you have, but then you did what I did. You crossed over to the operational side. Uh, some would say that's the dark side. I think it's the bright side. It's where it really happens. But then you look at some the team at Sarah, and you guys have put together the originators. You have some of the top originators in your markets working for you. So kudos to you. And I, what are some re- compelling reasons why you would share with your peers as we wrap up this interview? What are some compelling reasons for people to say, you know, encouragement that they – compelling reasons why they should look at doing – business process, mapping, and notations, and be purposed about their business. What would you encourage them? What are the words you'd use to encourage them to do so? Employee engagement. I mean, everybody tries to measure employee engagement, but if you don't live it as a management team, you're not going to get the results. I mean, when you have an engaged workforce, you reduce turnover. You know, think of it. My LOs are being recruited every single day, just like everybody else's top LOs in this business. I have my underwriters being recruited. If they're engaged, and believe that they have a voice in the company and can effectuate uh, the way the business is run, they're less likely to leave you for, quote-unquote, greener pastures, because many times greener pastures do not exist out there. And I just think it's employee engagement. I think if you, you have an engaged workforce and you have a fair relationship, that's the other thing that I always talk to my employees about, you know, I need I need to pay you fairly, and you believe that you're being paid fairly, and I need to believe that I'm getting a, a fair day's work for what we're paying for you. So if that's balanced, right, and and they're rewarded for effort, especially when they meet their benchmarks and all of those things, then again, I think they they don't uh, they don't look to for greener pastures. They they sometimes yes. probably don't take those calls. So I think I think there's there's just you know building building um, an organization that was less susceptible to employee leakage uh, yes. is, 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 one, is one of the byproducts of it. And then also I think you provide a better customer experience. If you have your processes outlined and done and people are working to, to that end, then you're going to give a better customer experience. And the fact of the matter is, is as we get into serving the millennials, who are very much, I want it now, I want it today, <laughs> yes. if you don't have that, you, you're, you're going to have that potential consumer scratching their head as to why did I choose any specific uh, lender, whether that be Radius or anybody else. So I think, I, I think you have to just be set on continuous and continuous uh, improvement and, and refining of your process. And, um, you know, and if you need to engage outside people because – as small and mid-sized companies, uh, we don't always have the human resources that can be a project management team. Uh, it's money well worth spent to engage outside parties that can, in fact, be the drivers of it and make sure that the company is focused for the short time that they are there in getting this done. Because we've we've spent too many years in this business 
always letting business get in the way. And if we look at the hockey stick growth we've had over the last four or five years, it's because we stopped that vicious cycle. Yep, you know, would have exactly. we're, we're, we're smart people would have would make a really good list of what we want to execute next year, and then that list would dust it off in the fourth quarter and say, "Holy crap, we didn't accomplish any of this." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that, and that's exactly what goes out of so many places. Keith, thank you. It's just such a joy to have you on. And I look at the clock, and I respect your time, but I want to say thank you so much for your, your sharing with our guests, our listeners, uh, what I think is to be one of the most exemplary companies in the industry. And if you haven't heard of Radius Financial, folks, you're going to because they are growing at an exponential rate. They're out. The people, the quality people, I mean, go back and listen to the August 15th broadcast where I had Dustin DeMarriott, DeMarriott of Radius Financial talking about marketing yourself and your company. I have had more requests of the downloads of that podcast than, uh, than I've had of many, many others. So hopefully people will be enthusiastic about fixing their process as a result of your words of encouragement, Keith. Thank you so much for being here. Pleasure's mine, David. Uh, always enjoy speaking with you. Have a great day. You bet. It's good to have Keith on the program. Appreciate you tuning in and being a part of it. We ran slightly over. I apologize. We're six minutes over from what I like to try to get done here. Uh, another thing is I sit and listen to myself as I interview someone. You hear all these things going, man, could have said that in a few less words. So anyway, good to have you be a part of the podcast, everybody. Appreciate your feedback. Give us ideas and suggestions on what you would like to hear on this. We we do a lot of programs based on sponsor on um Sponsor feedback, but as well as our listener feedback. Listener feedback is just so important. Appreciate you tuning in. Next week we'll be broadcasting live from the Motivity User Conference in Denver, Colorado. Looking forward to that. We'll be interviewing a number of the people there. And we're focusing, of course, KPIs, process management, how to do what we are doing better, faster, cheaper. And uh, look forward to having you back and tune in next week. Appreciate you so much. Have a great week, everybody. And look forward to broadcasting to you or talking to you from Denver next week. Have a great week. This has been Lincoln on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lincoln of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Alvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week and thank you for listening.